Today, I'm, I'm finishing up my sermon series on spiritual warfare. Uh, and I think it's probably a good thing because I think the weather has deteriorated <laughs> since I started this. Have you noticed? Every Sunday now has become worse and worse. It's like Satan's going, go ahead, preach it again. Go ahead, say it again. Uh, and, and so, yes, you know, when I heard it's going to rain again, I go, oh, Lord, please hold off the rain. Hold it off. And yet you've come out anyway. And so I, I say God honors you for what you've done. And so today, the topic of my sermon is understanding the role of the Holy Spirit in spiritual warfare, the role of the Holy Spirit. It's the key. It's the ribbon that ties everything together. It is your lifeline. It is the way God communicates with you and directs you and guides you. And so it's important for you to understand this in our ongoing spiritual warfare. Now, we need to understand this in order to battle successfully against the forces of evil that surround us. We need to understand that God has given us the Holy Spirit so that he can communicate with us and bless us and affirm us and lift, it, lift us up. He dwells within us. When you accepted Jesus Christ, God implanted his spirit within you. Now, you may not actually feel that presence, but that does not mean he is absent. Let me assure you, he is fully there. It is the fact of his presence that we must understand. God has promised you uh, that the spirit lives within you, in your heart, in your spirit, if you belong to Jesus Christ. That's the key. If you belong to Jesus Christ. Uh, that is the guarantee that he has given us, and we accept that by faith. Now, we must also understand that God commands us to be filled with the Spirit. And what do I mean by that? It means that when you first come to salvation, God puts the Spirit within you. He puts it within you. But you know, it's not a one-time-only event. God expects you to be filled and refilled and refilled. Why? Because we walk around as if we were pails with holes in us, and we drip out. Why? Because we walk in an evil world filled with evil and temptation, and God understands this. And so we have to ask God, God, Father, please fill me and control me in every way through your spirit. Uh, God does not, does not just want to give us a full measure once. He wants to fill you and refill you all the time. He wants you to be controlled and guided by the Holy Spirit. And so if I fail to be filled with the Holy Spirit on an ongoing basis, it is not God's fault. Uh, rather, the fault is on my side entirely. And we're going to talk about this. Now, this leads to a further point that we need to understand, uh, and that is the presence of sin in our lives. And that's a fact. What is it that blocks the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives? Well, very clearly, it is sin. And if you have ongoing sin in your life that you have not confessed to God, well, it's going to block the work of the Holy Spirit. And so before we can be filled with the Holy Spirit and have the Holy Spirit emanate through our lives, we have to honestly deal with the sin in our hearts. Every known sin in our lives, and this is important for you to understand this if you want to be successful in spiritual warfare. Now, this may be painful. 
uh, as we face up to things that are hidden uh, or not even realized about ourselves in our own lives. And so the first step uh, in cleansing from sin is an awareness of its presence in our lives. And we have to ask God to do that, to make us cognizant of this. Now, sometimes new believers, you see, are startled to find that they are still sinners. And they not only continue to be tempted, but they still yield to temptation. You know, this can startle people. They think they've come to Christ, they've given themselves to Christ, and they will no longer sin. Well, those of you who have spent a lifetime walking with Jesus know that's not a fact. All right? You're going to continue to sin, all right, until they put dirt on you. You understand? All right? That's when the sinning stops. But until that moment, there's going to be an internal warfare between the Holy Spirit, between the Spirit of God and the carnal nature that we have. Uh, and so it should not be a surprise that the sin nature is still within us. And so before a person comes to Christ, before we come to salvation, it is only one force at work with him, and that's the carnal force, the carnal nature, the nature that started out in the Garden of Eden. It's me, me, self, self, all about me. What do I have to do to elevate myself? But when Christ comes into our lives, when we give our lives to him, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell within us. Now, there are two natures at work within our lives, two natures, the old sinful nature uh, that wants us to live for self and the new spiritual nature, which leads us to the Lord, that wants us to live for God. This is what's going on in our lives. The question is, which of these two natures will rule over our actions, especially so as we engage in spiritual warfare? This is why being filled with the Holy Spirit is so important. This is a critical message for you to understand. Unless the Spirit controls our lives, we will be controlled by the old nature and evil will win. We cannot succeed in spiritual warfare uh, in this lesser condition. It's dominated by sin and you are doomed to fail. Now, sin will always be a continuing problem in our lives, as our lives will be marked by defeat and discouragement as long as we make self the center of our lives. And this is important. If that's what you've decided to do with your life, all you're concerned about is the elevation of self, you will be doomed to fail. You will have a, a despicably unhappy life. And clearly, in order to be successful in the battle of spiritual warfare, Christ must be the center of your life. There's no other way around it. How easy is it for us to set up our own goals, our own philosophies, our own motives, uh, to seek our own desires in every way without ever asking God for help? And I can assure you that in my life, I've made that mistake. I ventured off at times without asking God because I thought I knew it. You understand. It's like saying to God, God, this is good. You have 50% of me. The other 50%, I'm pretty well educated. I think I can make these decisions. Wrong. You understand? Wrong. You can't make any decision unless you bow to God, ask him to intervene in your life and submit your life to him. And so we have to learn to submit our lives 
to control of the Holy Spirit. Now, by submission, as I use that word here, I mean to renounce our own way uh, and seek above all else to submit to Christ as Lord and let him rule in every aspect of our lives. And so the way to be controlled and dominated by the Spirit is to place Jesus Christ at the very epicenter of your life instead of self. Now, the step of yielding ourselves to God is clearly presented in the sixth chapter of Romans. Uh, And in that passage, Paul talks vividly about the way sin has ruled our lives in the past. And he makes it a very poignant matter. Uh, But now you see we belong to Jesus. Uh, We are no living, we are no longer living for the old master. We're now living for Christ. Uh, And therefore, we should not yield to sin. Look, if you would, in your Bibles and on the board, to Romans 6.13, where it says there, Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness but rather offer yourselves to God uh, as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness, actually giving your life as a sacrifice to God on an ongoing daily basis. Paul then goes on further uh, to tell us that we have been set free from the slavery uh, to sin. We no longer belong To sin. This is important. Look at Romans 6, verse 18. Having been freed from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. Now, when we yield ourselves to Christ, we do not simply sit back uh, and hope that God will somehow work with us as if a meteor would come from the sky and come through our roof. It doesn't work like that. You understand? No, instead, we place ourselves at his disposal. Uh, and I can tell you that I've seen this in my own life when, uh, when it became clear to me that God had called me into full-time ministry when I was 50 years old. Uh, and uh, my, Gary Chapman had a unique place in that, in that aspect of my life, Gary Chapman, the great Christian author. Uh, and he asked me at that time, did you talk to your father about this? Now, I was 50, uh, and my father had been my pastor my whole life. My father knew me. And I said, yes, I did. He said, what did your father say? I said, well, my father said, go slow, go slow, because my father knew that I had spent my life as a lawyer and that seemingly now I had been motivated by the Holy Spirit to venture away, to move into a new aspect of my life. Uh, And Gary said these fateful words that have resonated with me forever. He said, yes, yes, but remember this, John, you cannot steer a car unless it's in motion. You cannot steer a car unless it's in motion. Meaning what? Meaning you just don't sit there statically waiting for God to pick you up, but instead you move forward. You serve God. You look in humility ways that you could advance the kingdom of God and let God enter your life and direct yourself. You say, Lord, I am yours. I will serve you in whatever way you want, Lord. Whatever you want, I will use me, Father. This is how we wage spiritual warfare through the Holy Spirit because God speaks to us through the Holy Spirit. 
And so as we seek to put ourselves at the disposal of God in whatever way he wants, he will strengthen us through all times and events. And I, I really thank God for this church because from the very front, from the orchestra, from the instruments, uh, from the leadership, right through this congregation to the back and to the area in the kitchen, there are countless people serving God in hundreds of ways, teachers, guiders, prayer warriors in every way, and God is using them because that's how the Holy Spirit works. That's how we are engaged in spiritual warfare as a church. Now, Paul delves even deeper into this ongoing commitment to the Lord in Romans 12, verse 1, on the board. Uh, and there he talks about the actual sacrificing of our bodies to Jesus. I urge you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God. This includes every area of our lives. Uh, it includes our abilities, our gifts, our obsessions, our families, our minds, our wills, our emotions, and our resources. Nothing is excluded from this sacrifice of our bodies. We hold nothing back. And I would say this to you, if you find yourself holding something back with, from God, get on your knees and ask him to change that. Because he doesn't want you to hold back. He wants you to put everything to him. Every aspect of who you are, every aspect of your life, every aspect of your giftedness has to be on the altar for God. That's what it is. We're engaged in a very serious business. We're fighting evil and we need to understand this. And so in preparing for spiritual warfare, perhaps we have not fully understood what it means to follow Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Look, we're not simply involved in the mental belief that Jesus is Christ, but instead we have to follow him without any reserve whatsoever, just as his disciples did. Now, the Holy Spirit may test us many times, and we know from Scripture, we saw it in, in Job, that God will test us from time to time to see if we really mean business. Do you really mean business with God, or are you just playing in religion? Uh, because God knows the truth. Uh, and so if you are really serious and open to every aspect of your life, we must be open to God uh, and say to God, I will do whatever you want me to do. You know, I had some men say to me at one point when I said that, well, you know, John, I'm afraid if I do that, uh, the next day I'll be on a boat to Africa. Oh, I'll be afraid I'm going to Africa. And I said, do you think that God would do that to the poor Africans? <laughs> Amen? Amen? Let's understand this. All right? God wouldn't do that to the Africans. He knows where he needs to put you. All right? But you give him everything that you have. Uh, and so as we engage in spiritual warfare, we must remember to walk in faith. We don't know by sight. We don't know everything that's coming around. But to do this appropriately, we must walk in faith. The main point of this is to be yielded to God. 
and his will and to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit by which God is communicating with you, touching you, elevating you, affirming you, telling you what his will is for you. The Holy Spirit should control you and dominate you in every way. Uh, now we are to act in knowledge of that spirit in full control of our lives uh, so that God is fully in control of our lives. Wouldn't it be great if you knew when you got up in the morning that you were exactly where God wanted you to be? And that you were going to do that day exactly what God wanted you to do. And that you would speak to those people who God put in front of you. Let me tell you something. I never let an opportunity go by where God has presented somebody to me to speak to them about Jesus. I never do. And that's part of being where the Holy Spirit has directed me. Now, the Apostle Paul put it very well in Romans 6 verse 11. And there he said, in the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to Jesus Christ. Count yourself dead to sin. You've given him your life. He dwells in you. You should be dead to sin. And so as we walk in faith with the Holy Spirit as our guide, we know that something significant has happened in our lives. And this is important to understand this. The Holy Spirit has now taken over our lives. Uh, he is guiding us and empowering us. And if we step out of line somehow, we are convicted. If you're where you shouldn't be, you know all of a sudden you're not happy. All right? You're not at peace. And someone said it well. You know, we choose our sins, but we don't choose our consequences. Isn't that sadly true? We choose our sins, but we don't choose our consequences. Well, now we are alive to the truth and power of God in every way. And so as we engage in spiritual warfare, we need to know that the Holy Spirit did not come to make us Holy Spirit conscious, but Christ conscious. Do you understand the difference? Christ conscious conscious of the very presence of Jesus in your life, conscious of the very presence that Jesus is walking with you and praying with you. Look, I want to make sure you understand this, and that's this. The filling of the Holy Spirit is not a matter of feeling or emotion, but it is a matter of faith. You have faith because God said it, and he delivered it. And as you reached out, to him uh, and asked for a savior. He reached across eternity and filled you with his spirit. Ye must trust in the promises of God that we are so filled. Now also we must remember uh, that the filling of the spirit does not mean we are perfect and without sin. We are far from perfect in every way, but God has still filled these carnal vessels with his spirit. It means we are controlled by the spirit, but sin is still lurking around us, ready to lunge at the first opportunity to trip us up. And so finally, finally, we need to remember this last truth about the filling of the Holy Spirit as we engage in spiritual warfare, and that is the issue of leakage that I've spoken about already. The filling of the Holy Spirit should not be a once and forever it's not like you say, oh, yeah, I came to salvation in 1958, 
and I put a chair down. And I sat down, and that's it. Life went by. I haven't done anything for the Lord. Well, no, I'm saved. Uh, I believe in Jesus. But have you advanced the kingdom of God? Well, no, I pray. But have you done anything to advance the kingdom of God? Have you been used by God? Have you allowed yourself to be used? Are you in ministry in any way? Well, no, because you have not asked to be refilled and refilled and refilled. And that's what you need to do. We must surrender ourselves, you see, to him daily. And in every aspect of our lives, we must choose to have this take place in full surrender. Uh, we have to understand that in every situation, there will be a conflict between self and God. And we must make the, the effort to submit ourselves to Jesus in every way, in every way, in constant submission to Christ. As we have seen from Paul, the Greek word used by Paul in his command in Ephesians 5, 18, be filled with the Spirit, is a verb that means be continually filled and refilled and refilled, asking God daily to do that. Uh, it carries the idea of constantly asking God to continue to fill us because we are the temple of God indwelt by the Holy Spirit. He wants to fill us. He wants to guide us. He wants to control us, and a lot of us are going like this. No, not too much. Not too much. You know, God, I still have to walk and live in a world. Uh, and, and I told you, and I believe this is the case, God wants you to take the faucet of the Holy Spirit in your life. He wants you to turn it all the way up. You understand? Turn it all the way up, and then yank the faucet off. Because if you keep control of the faucet, you're going to wind up turning it down from time to time. And God doesn't want that for you. He wants you to be fully filled and invested with his power in every way. And so, look, here's our plan. As we walk with the Lord and daily engage in spiritual warfare, we can only do so successfully knowing that we are filled with the Holy Spirit. And I would say this, that if you have any questions about whether you're filled with the Holy Spirit and want to have questions about your salvation, after church today, at the end of the service, you come forward, and there are people that will pray here for you, and they can end that for you once and for all, because you make that commitment to give your heart to God, and you will be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit wants you to read the Bible, and study the Bible, and engage in study ever more importantly, all the time. We should pray that God keeps us from sin. That's part of the Holy Spirit's role, Keep me from sin, Lord. Keep me away from people that I should be kept away from or areas that I should be kept from. And every day we need to confess to God and repent where we're going and what we've done wrong in our lives. Uh, each day we should walk in obedience to his word. You know, it would be very helpful, very helpful for all of us if we would begin each day by silently committing ourselves that day into God's hand. Here's what you need to do. Lord, I'm yours. My life is yours. I walk with you. You direct my paths. You let me know what you want me to do. Why? Well, I will give you every aspect of my life. I ask him to take my life. Take it uh, that day and use it for his glory. I ask him to cleanse me from anything that would hinder me from serving him. And then I step out in faith, knowing that the Holy Spirit is filling me continually as I walk with him and obey his word. And by the end of the day, I can look back and thank him 
because I see his hand at work. He promised to be with me until the end, and he will be with you till the end. And now, as I close this series on spiritual warfare, I really agonized and prayed how God would want me to close it. Uh, and blessedly, one of our ladies, in cleaning out the desk of her departed husband, found something that, and gave it to me, which to me was through the Holy Spirit. Uh, and for me, was a way that God wants us to walk with him. And so I'm calling this our declaration of war. Look at it up on the board. This is our declaration of war. Uh, and really, as we bring it to an end, I want to give you individually and as a church what I call our fellowship committed to doing whatever it takes as we commit ourselves to successful spiritual warfare. Make these words a part of your life. Ask God to commit this to you and walk in these words. I'm going to read it as my personal declaration for me and for our church. I am a part of the fellowship committed to doing whatever it takes. I have Holy Spirit power. The die has been cast. I have stepped over the line. I am out of the comfort zone. The decision has been made. I am a disciple of his. I won't look back, let up, slow down, or back away. My past is redeemed. My present makes sense. And my future is secure. I am finished and done with low living, sight walking, small planning, smooth knees, colorless dreams, tame visions, mundane talking, chintzy giving, and dwarfed goals. I no longer need preeminence, prosperity, position, promotions, or popularity. I don't have to be right. First, tops, recognized, praised, regarded, or rewarded. I now live by presence, lean by faith, love by patience, live by prayer, and labor by power. My face is set my gate is fast. My goal is heaven. My road is narrow. My way is rough. My companions few. My guide reliable. My mission clear. I cannot be bought, compromised, detoured, lured away, turned back, deluded, or delayed. I will not flinch in the face of sacrifice, hesitate in the presence of adversity, negotiate at the table of the enemy, ponder at the pool of popularity, or meander in the maze of mediocrity. I won't give up. Shut up. 
let up or burn up till I have preached up, prayed up, paid up, stored up, and stayed up for the cause of Christ. I am a disciple of Jesus. I must go till he comes, give till I drop, preach till all know and work till he stops. And when he comes to get his own, he will have no problem recognizing me because I have dedicated my life to being a part of the fellowship, committed to doing whatever it takes. Amen, church. That's it, church. That's the command. That's our instructions. That's how we walk. Imprint it on your heart. Walk with it in your heart. Commit to God to say, this is how I will serve you in every way. And if we do this together, we will succeed in spiritual warfare individually and as a church. Amen? Amen. Let's bow our heads. Lord, I thank you for this message. Lord, these were your words. You have protected us and you've inspired us now as we walk in the evil world. We are dedicated to walking with you. And as we take this command and this fellowship to doing whatever, we, whatever it takes, each and every one of us will do whatever it takes. We will walk with you and elevate with you. And we ask you, Father, to be with us and direct our steps so that we can live this kind of life. Fill us with the Holy Spirit. Refill us every day of our lives so that we are fully connected to you in every possible way. Lord, we put all of this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.